Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vasquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenidos, it's me, your host, Peter Vasquez, y mi co-anfitriona, Aisha Kreitz. You know what I just called you? My compadre? No, my co-host, co-host? in Spanish. Oh. Yes, I did. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Including Thank you. you. Including me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. And thank you for your service to this great nation, to everybody other than me. No, well, thank you for your great service to this nation. And you are a uh, wounded vet as well. I am a Cur- disabled veteran. Disabled yes. veteran. You but you know what, it. though? there are I have buddies that are way more disabled, um, and, and I minimize mine because I think the intention... The attention needs to be where it needs to be. I know. I just want people to know, you know, that, hey, you did, you know, you did your service. Just like, you know, again, happy Venture Days for everybody that's out there. Um, you know, I never served. Actually, I don't even have a family that served. We're a bunch of hippies and Black Panthers. Oh, but you're serving here so, locally. You, know. you are serving here locally. So, veterans, military, mm-hmm. our, our law enforcement officers, our emergency medical personnel, thank you. We truly appreciate you so you know we're always saying we have great guests and uh, once again we have a great guest today's guest is an executive leader he's a national speaker he's an activist he is a guy who's getting things done from washington to california to to the state of washington to florida and to virginia where he's at welcome to our show bishop dean nelson Great to be with you. I was going to pretend that I was uh, Hispanic and talk in Spanish, but uh, I will uh, stay with my light-skinned black roots today. But glad to be on with you guys. Pero papito, si quiere hablar español, hey, vamos. Is that where we say uh, poquito? Uh, <laughs> Gloria, señor. <laughs> uh, Gloria, señor. You could never go wrong with glory to God. Glory to God. Dean, it's always great. It's always great to talk to you. So, Man, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks so much for the opportunity. What an interesting election. You know that here locally, every challenger from, from Laurent Singletary or, or you know, running for Congress to our lowest local level, all the challengers lost the races. Well, in Monroe County. In, yeah, in Monroe County. Yeah, but not across New York State. No, we did okay somewhat across New York State, but New York State but concerns Monroe- me. Oh, well, of course. So, so, but New York, we also had, you know, again, Monroe County. I think we're the only county that had the delays. Is Dean, that, there were, I believe so. Yeah, I know one I, of the questions was to the Board of Election Commissioners was, why was it that other counties who have to do what we do yeah. didn't have the issue? Dean, there was a two-hour delay in reporting numbers. And then when they started to report it, the, the numbers, they were just numbers popping up. They weren't reporting what districts reported. But what really gets me, Dean, though, is that they held a press conference the next day. And these are words that they use. I thought they were kind of funny. They said, we could not test for the amount of data that would be transmitted. Really? They said, (laughs) check this out, Dean. uh, they, They physically transported data from one location to another because there was a computer that was randomly working. And they believed that it might be because it was on another server. But And then they say, trust us. Well, you can trust us. It's safe with us. There wasn't even discussion on chain of custody. Well, 
this is the reason that the Frederick Douglass Foundation, even though originally when we were established, were not this wasn't like a core issue for us. We were focusing mm-hmm. on strengthening families, uh, criminal justice reform, economic opportunity, educational choice. But because of what took place uh, in 2020 in many states around the country and what continues to take place, we have literally been pulled into reevaluating and how we get more involved in election integrity efforts, honest uh, election efforts, just because particularly in a lot of the urban communities where we serve, there have been clear irregularities and uh, outright just, you know, fraud in some cases, we really feel like that there's a need for us. And so over the last year and a half, uh, we have partnered with other organizations to really have much more of an impact in those areas. Yep. So, so, so our listeners know uh, uh, Bishop Dean Nelson is the chairman of the Frederick Douglass Foundation nationally. Now, many of you uh, listeners have heard Aisha and I talk about the Frederick Douglass Foundation of New York, which is one of many chapters, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But let me tell you what the mission statement is for the Frederick Douglass Foundation of New York, which is the same as our national, um, uh, uh, similar to our national mission statement, but at the state level. It is to effectuate change to public policy through education advocacy and partnerships bringing the sanctity of free market limited government ideas to bear on the hardest problems facing our state the frederick douglas foundation is a collection of proactive individuals committed to developing innovative and new approaches to today's problems Dean Nelson is the national chair of this organization and our national or our sister organization, the Douglas Leadership Institute. And he's the uh, founder of both and as well. um, One of the founders. One of the founders. um, And he is also uh, with Human Coalition. And I'll let him talk about, you know, some of the accolades. I just want to say, you know, personally, just so you guys know, especially those who uh, know how strong uh, willed I am and strong headed. Right. Um, that, you know, this is one of the only people that not only do I take his criticism seriously, but I take his advice seriously and I take his compliments, um, which all three of those things are something that are, you know, difficult for me, um, in in many ways, but as a mentor, uh, and a friend, I've known him for over a decade and I will tell you, like you said in the beginning, I mean, he gets things done and if there is anyone out there that uh you know should be listened to i'm telling you this is one of one of those guys he makes me a better christian he makes me a better person and he definitely helps make me be, be a better leader so and i know that there's thousands of people out there that can say the same thing about the bishop um all day long uh, dean for our listeners can you tell us who you are where you came from and how and why more importantly uh are, are you where you are today Wow. Well, I'm grateful. First, let me just say, as I'm standing here, uh, I am in Memphis, Tennessee, at the 114th uh, annual Holy Convocation for the Church of God in Christ, and I'm looking at a huge picture of Frederick Douglass that is on the wall here in this church at uh, Bishop Vincent Matthews has become a great friend, and we can talk a little about that. So, uh, where, I, look, man, I grew up near Washington D.C. in Northern Virginia. You know, years ago, um, I grew to some you know great parents that uh, both you know took me to church and uh, helped 
you know, build that moral foundation, uh, love for God, love for family, and uh, ultimately love also for our country and our community. And um, grew up in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area, uh, went to college at Howard University for a year, uh, graduated from University of Virginia, uh, went into full-time vocational ministry with a campus ministry, so I traveled up and down the East Coast preaching and teaching and discipling primarily young men. Uh, when I was really young, my mother brought in, uh, probably I guess when I was about you know 10 or 11 years old, some comic books, and they were black history comic books. And in that group of comic books, there were two that were dedicated to one person, and that was Frederick Douglass. And so that gave me that early foundation of uh, love for this great American. And, you know, years later, I would, you know, begin at a place to kind of search my political kind of ideology, where I really fit. And um, when I heard a quote or read a quote from Frederick Douglass who said that I am a black Died in the wool Republican and would never be a part of any other party but the party of liberty and progress. I wanted to know why was Frederick Douglass a Republican? And then I began to research things, and that's kind of how I ended up with the political philosophy of righteousness and justice, um, liberty and virtue. That's kind of our tagline for the Frederick Douglass Foundation and the Douglass Leadership Institute. So, anyway, today, man, I am blessed to, uh, to lead a great group of people around the country who are not just African Americans, not just black Americans, but all Americans who look to the work and the legacy of the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass. And uh, we try to you know, emulate uh, his uh, mission and the values that he had during his day uh, for our day. And um, I'm blessed that we have some 20, you know, state chapters around the country for the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Proud that we have served thousands of community leaders through the work of the Douglass Leadership Institute. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to do this great work to see uh, America become, uh, again, in many ways for the first time, a really a nation that is for all people standing for righteousness and for justice. All right. That is, you know, um, the the difference, though, you know, that's great information. Uh, can you just real quick uh, touch on because we want to talk about some of the, you know, uh, analysis of the election and all of those things as well. But can you just touch on real quick the difference between um, the Frederick Douglass the Frederick Douglass Foundation and the Frederick Douglass yeah. Initiative. And, and I ask this, Dean, because here in Rochester, New York, right, where, where, where uh, Frederick Douglass has been laid to rest, the, the Frederick Douglass Initiative is doing, I think, good work, great work. they got 16 statues out in addition to the main one that was put up some, some time ago. Um, they're, they're constantly doing different type of public events. But I noticed, though, there, there doesn't ever really seem to be talk about the essence of Frederick Douglass from that group, his Christian faith, his political, uh, 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 his reasons for doing the things that he did, which was his faith and his politics. Yeah, listen, I'm glad that Frederick Douglass is big enough that he can inspire all kinds of people. But I think that that's one of the reasons that we initiated and started the Frederick Douglass Foundation, because 
I remember reading a uh, an article from a, uh, a Harvard uh, educator who basically stated that there were these myths about Frederick Douglass, and one of them was essentially that he wasn't uh, a Christian and that he wasn't uh, a Republican. And so I think that those are things that we want to elevate, because there are groups that um, do a lot of different kinds of work in the name of Frederick Douglass, and we try to to affirm and to honor, you know, the work that they do. Like right now, we just, you know, have before Congress, before they they end this session, hopefully they will uh, reauthorize the Frederick Douglass uh, Victim uh, Trafficking uh, Act. Uh, that's uh, something that uh, the Frederick Douglass Family Initiative with Ken Morris has been working on, and we've worked on that collaboratively together. But I think that it's dishonoring to uh, Frederick Douglass, not to tell the whole story, not to tell the true story of who he is, and also not to acknowledge that there are people like us who can receive from the message and from the work of Frederick Douglass and apply it in a way that might be different from someone else. And so I'm so proud of the work that we do. I'm proud of the work that um, we are continuing to do throughout the country to honor the legacy of Frederick Douglass in a way that we think uh, best represents him in the 21st century. Absolutely. And Dean, you know, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, and if I've I've never said it privately, I apologize, but I've always wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to serve uh, such a great organization in partnership with you as the president of the New York State Chair. Our New York State chapter, well, man, excuse me. We're blessed me. to have you uh, and to your colleague, Aisha, for the tremendous work that you guys have done in the state where Frederick Douglass is probably best known for. So uh, uh, hats off to you guys, and I honor you and thank you guys for your continued dedication, even when uh, things are not always rosy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not in New York. It's great here. Uh, we've made great strides here, though, so I, I love being here. But can you talk to every, you know, just a little bit? <clears throat> and again, before you know, we get into some of the election analysis and how you saw uh, things going and um, how we can move forward. But some, you know, a few of the current initiatives that we have uh, going on uh, through the Frederick Douglass Foundation um, and even DLI. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the the biggest things that uh, we have always emphasized is strengthening the family. Um, And we have a black family report that we put out a little while ago. Uh, that people can access if they go to uh, the Douglas Leadership Institute. Uh, So that is something that we have have embarked on and pioneered with uh, that that we're really proud of. But also we have uh, always stood for the sanctity of human life, and uh, you guys have been a great voice for life uh, in New York and in your region, Aisha, and thank you so much for that work. And part of the reason that I am here um, at the Church of God in Christ National Convention is because really through our work uh, within this great denomination, it's 6.5 million members, you know, 12,000 uh, churches stateside, is working on the sanctity of human life. And now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned through the Dobbs case, the Frederick Douglass Foundation is now done five uh, Supreme Court 
uh, or excuse me, f- yeah, five Supreme Court briefs. These are state Supreme Courts really affirming the sanctity of human life right in on. many states where there continue to be a lot of uh, court challenges because of the Dobbs case, which overturned Roe versus Wade. And we do that particularly because of the disproportionate impact that abortion has had on the African American community. In your state, uh, if you go to New York City, as many of you have heard and probably told that there are more black children that are aborted than born alive. And the Church of God in Christ, through our partnership, has come up and affirmed, reaffirmed, even on uh, November, I think, the... uh fourth or fifth, uh, just before Election Day, reaffirmed uh, the sanctity of human life as a major initiative that was voted on three years ago in their denomination unanimously. And so those are the kind of initiatives that we have been working on, will continue to work on to help educate people within our community on those issues. But also, we work really hard in urban communities to convince and to uh, help African-Americans in particular, to better match their votes with their values. If you've read multiple times over the years, there have been books that have been written about this, uh, where blacks uh, socially particularly agree much more with a conservative uh, position or much more with the platform of the Republican Party. But when it comes to actually making those votes, those are things that don't happen. Uh, and we're trying to help them better match their votes uh, with their values, because uh, in many cases, is they, we feel like that we are not being uh, adequately represented in terms of the things that we believe. You know, I, I've, I've got to ask. You know, here in, in Monroe County, fifty-eight percent of every hundred baby of every hundred black baby born is lost to abortion. But yet, we live in a state. Uh, we also live in a state where the the governor and just about every sing, other single elected official that you know at the state level, which happen to all be white, right? Are, are 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 carrying these very bright torches and and leading the charge and saying that you know because you're black and brown you must need abortion, even though we know the numbers we know why abortion was established to mm-hmm. begin with. I mean this is but why do you think it is especially in places like the in, you know in our urban centers that the black and brown communities are still voting uh, for these types of individuals when when. They fight against it in other ways, like BLM, for example. You figure BLM would be burning down Planned Parenthoods throughout the country. Well, in the words of uh, one of my mentors, uh, Bob Woodson, who spoke recently at our conference, he says on these issues of race that we've been bamboozled, we've been hoodwinked, because people, because of our history in our country, because there have been there has been racism, that is something that is used to, I think, scare, uh, to persuade. Uh, black Americans that somehow that those things are going to happen. And it comes through greater education um, with people like you guys and the work that we do, uh, social media, to help educate people that, look, just because I might vote uh, more consistently with a Republican or with a conservative doesn't mean that uh, I betrayed my community, doesn't mean that I have horns and a tail. <laughs> those are things that uh, we need to continue to winsomely make those arguments. And uh, I believe that based on some of the polling that I've seen in states like um, Georgia and Pennsylvania and other places, that we are making headway, but uh, it takes a lot of effort. And we've got a whole horde of um, 
leftists that are raising a lot of money and spending mm. a lot of money. I mean, just in the state of Michigan, $60 million spent to get a pro-abortion proposition across the line uh, by fooling not just black Americans, but all kinds of people uh, with, with messaging that was deceptive. And so I think that um, we continue to make our case, uh, and I believe that there's a small army that's raising up, and uh, we're making a difference. Sixty million. I mean, hear what he just said. Sixty million dollars spent in one state to get an abortion initiative uh, across. That is, I mean, you know how many people you could feed with sixty million dollars. You know, all the people that you're aborting. You know, that's you know, and and one of the things I've been hearing too is how um, that the states have unanimously kind of voted for abortion um, this election because, you know, of all these losses and wins, again, on propositions and stuff. But when you consider the amount of money that was spent and the deception that was put into place, uh, the father of lies is alive and well. And don't you that are in listening to what we're saying, right, and, and uh, that 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 is true. People aren't voting for abortion. They are being bamboozled uh, with $60 million in one state alone. You are listening to The Next Step Show with Peter and Aisha. And today's guest is Bishop Dean Nelson, a guy we got to listen to. We'll be right back in the Next Step Show or on YSL with The Next Step Show. Did you know that decorating your Christmas tree is good for your health? The holiday season is upon us and Stokey Farms has Rochester's largest selection of Christmas trees. Bring your family out to create that wonderful Christmas memory. Take a wagon to the field and cut your perfect tree or let the farm do the work for you. Choose from one in our barn. Stokey Farms, made on the farm reads, a gift shop, live nativity and more. Check the website for dates, hours and special events. Be sure to grab a dozen fresh made donuts and fudge to take home. Visit StokeyFarms.com for details. The best Christmas begins at Stokey Farms. The fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the fair tax pledge, promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, geez, I guess I can't speak English today. Hermanos y hermanas, let's try it in Spanish. 
thank you for hanging in there with us on the Next Step Show with Peter and Aisha. And we have the Bishop, Dean Nelson, doing great things at a national level. Welcome back, Dean. Thank you so much, guys. Great to be back. Thank you for hanging out with us. As I understand it, you are at an event right now, I I believe, waiting to be recognized, correct? (laughs) Yes. Uh, If you've ever participated with uh, the Church of God in Christ, you can know that uh, you're more likely to have a service that goes longer than shorter. So, uh, yes, we're in the middle. So I went to the back room here while uh, we're waiting to uh, receive this award and to do a panel. Wonderful. And that is the dedication that you have to our community, not just where you live or where you are now, but nationally. nationally and it shows in the work you do. So let's let's talk elections. Yeah. What are some of the, um, you know, I guess I'm going to ask one big question and then I'll let uh, uh, you guys, you know, break it apart. But I mean, what are some of the things that you saw across the nation? Like, where were some of our wins, some of our losses? I know that um, even though... Um, you won't talk about New York State because we're the redheaded stepchild and all things, and that's okay, you guys. But, you know, just so everyone knows, before he starts talking about every other state but New York, and that's okay, um, New York here, uh, locally, we we knocked on and helped uh, initiate and lead um, knocking on over 120,000 doors statewide. Um, statewide. There were seven elections uh, that did win um, that we were part of, uh, that either our leaders, friends, and uh, uh, advice, those type of things uh, went listeners, into. when she says we were part of, that would be the Frederick Douglass Foundation of New York. Correct. Um, and so, you know, we have had some, you know, New York had some great wins, even though I know we had some devastating losses. And there's a lot of hope that is going to come out of it over the last 10 years. Again, even with that loss of Laurent Singletary, even though I believe they stole that vote and cheated, like we were talking about in the beginning, uh, these delays two hours. And it's really hard, I think, for candidates to talk about uh, the election fraud when you're the loser. Um, so those of you that are in listening range of my voice that won your election, I believe it's incumbent upon them to stand up and talk about the election fraud uh, for those who we know that it lo- that lost, mm-hmm. right? Everyone should be challenging. Not all, that chain of command that you were talking about, they should be challenging every single race Absolutely. because we know that there was this voter fraud as, you know, our last show when we had on New York Audit and stuff like that. So anyway. You know you asked Dean a question. I did. I'm going to ask him, right? But I wanted to put New York in there because he's going to talk about the rest no, of the nation. I'm glad that she did. I, I mean, I want to, I haven't gotten the full report from <laughs> New York, so I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, the work that was done because you guys know that one thing that I don't like and can't tolerate as nice of a guy I am are people who talk and don't work. So I'm yeah. pleased to hear the work that you guys Right, and, and you are one of the most dedicated. Again, you'll be in four states in three days half the time. So, yeah, so and please. And on the phone with us. And on the phone with us. And that's literally what he does. Um, and, again, in talking. So so just share with us some of your election analysis, some of your takeaways, positive, negatives, please. Sure. So let me first say, um, in, in addition to what you guys did in New York, that the Frederick Douglass Foundation was involved in multiple states. Uh, we're really proud of the work that was done, particularly for United States Senate. We uh, knocked on, I want to say, over 150,000 doors in Wisconsin, uh, and we got a win uh, in Wisconsin, which is uh, which is huge. That was a re-election, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a pickup. Uh, we also had people that were working in North Carolina 
um, with the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Shout out to uh, Clarence Henderson, uh, our great president there. Uh, we were working also in uh, Georgia. Uh, shout out to Michael Lancaster. Uh, we knocked on 130,000 doors in Ohio where uh, we were able to uh, see uh, J.D. Vance uh, uh, yes. win. I mean, Ohio did really well that night, their governor. Uh, we also uh, worked really hard in the great state of Michigan, and Michigan was a, a horrible night. Um, they lost both legislatures. They lost uh, every statewide piece. And so uh, if there's probably, for me, one of the saddest things was was in Michigan. Uh, I still am not certain what happened uh, in the state, but um, the Democrats will have full control mm. and uh, really no real check uh, in the state of Michigan. Uh, the silver lining in that was is that we were proud to get John James uh, over the hump. Um, they put the check mark next to his name finally last night uh, or yesterday afternoon. So uh, we do have two uh, African-American uh, Frederick Douglass Foundation endorsed uh, black candidates now who will be United States representatives in the House. So that means there will be four uh, African-Americans right and a whole slew of uh, Latinos that will also be serving uh, in Republican uh, legislate, uh, in, in the House with Republicans. Uh, the other one is uh, Wesley Hunt, who was down in uh, outside of Houston, uh, Texas, who's also uh, a dedicated Christian as well as a, uh, a veteran. So shout out to those guys. Um, other states that we were working in were Virginia. I uh, want to highlight uh, in Virginia one particular race, Bob Good, who's a congressman yes. who we've worked very closely with. Uh, we specifically were tracking data, and we showed that in three states that have large African-American um, numbers in his district, uh, this would be in Danville as well as in uh, Lynchburg and one other city, uh, that we increased and got him 30 to 35 percent of the African-American vote, uh, many of whom had never voted for a Republican before. Awesome. Uh, so that proves that the work that we do uh, can uh, be successful, and we're really proud uh, of, of the job that our team did. So I think all in all, we knocked on about 800,000 doors uh, in this election cycle. Uh, what does that say uh, nationally? I think that um, a lot was talked about, about this uh, red wave kind of like going in. And, uh, you know, I was um, never quite that optimistic. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was certain <laughs> that we uh, would win uh, the House, and it looks like that, that that's, that's the case. But... Um, but uh, I, I'm not quite sure yet um, what to make, except, you know, part of this political, um, you know, effort, if you will, uh, a lot of it is people that are making money and people that mm-hmm. are in an industry. And although, you know, we saw polling numbers that were suggesting this, I just think that the media conservative media got a, a lot of attention regarding that and just began to elevate this and kind of, you know, tell this story. And I think people kind of bought into it. And um, it just proves to me that there's a lot of work to be done on the ground. I do personally, as a pro-life you know, advocate, I do believe that all of the money that they spent uh, the opposition um, regarding the abortion issue. I do think that that had an effect in some places, uh, not in every place. Uh, we saw, you know, in Florida, 
you had Republicans who win big. Uh, you saw in Texas uh, that that was the case. And in, even in, in, in where I grew up in Virginia, uh, Republicans picked up, uh, you know, a uh, seat, switched a seat. But I do think that <clears throat> the... Uh, the aggressive push and all of the money spent. Uh, I think I saw four, over four hundred million dollars um, spent, you know, from across the country on uh, advertising on uh, abortion alone. And That's I think disgusting. that that has had an effect. I think there's just a lot of work that we need to do uh, to help again educate people and to understand that each of these states will take measures to um, restrict abortion more. And uh, I think that when we look at states like Texas that uh, have some pretty strong uh, abortion laws uh, and people realize that the sky is not falling, uh, that people will come to realize that abortion, which is the taking of an innocent life, the intentional taking of an innocent life, is never a good idea. And I think that as a nation, uh, we will begin to grow into that idea uh, the more that we see good examples of how people are serving in their communities, uh, helping women is what we do at Human Coalition. That's what I was going to say. I know at Human Coalition, that's a big part of um, what you guys, you know, what you do. And, and, and not only that, but in a, there's a political aspect as well, right? Some of the uh, briefs that you do, you know, so again, you serve on three different organizations uh, that serve our community as well as serve politically, as well as serve uh, Supreme Court and, and legally and, and pulling all of those things together. I don't know how you do it. Uh, but something that you just said, again, just $400 million spent to defeat Abortion. We're over here pulling out quarters in our couch cushion to give a baby shower to a woman, and, and they're over there spending four hundred four hundred million dollars to make sure we're all dead. Which is yeah. Well, they spent four hundred thousand dollars million million to literally kill black and brown babies. That's what that money has been designated to do. And when you look at the numbers, you you could say that that's not the case, and that we're being extremist. But when you look at 58% of every 100 babies, or you said earlier in New York State or in New York City, right? right there's more. more babies being aborted than born. Uh, right. Black babies, not right. just babies. Right. I mean, how is that not a, an attack and, on black and brown America? And not only that, I mean, when we think about some of the other issues when, that we kind of coalesce around, right? When we're talking about human uh, sex trafficking, right? The pornography issue that we have. Um, these things all play into the abortion issue as well. So again, we're talking about things from the perspective of black and brown babies because the numbers are so skewed. But let's not get it twisted I'm that glad. it's just about um, that. It is about the the deception and the depravity of our society and how it is going downhill and how abortion is one of the ways that we're able to cull that and hide it. And Aisha, I'm so glad you, you said that. Um, there's something that is little known that I, I'm probably going to write a piece about in the, before the end of the year. Uh, but in 1967, um, the um, pro-aborts and I should say more generally uh, the eugenics community had something that was written. It was a report. It was called the Jaffe Report, J-A-F-F-E, Jaffe Report, um, that includes all of those things. It was to... Um, increase the marriage uh, 
tax. It was to specifically increase homosexuality, to uh, create um, easier uh, divorce laws, and to perpetuate uh, divorce. If you go down and look at that Jaffe memo, uh, it literally shows all of the things that we're talking about um, within culture, how they wanted to push all of those things to really derail uh, society to break down the family. I mean, everything from you know, putting agents in the water supply. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, it is very telling. And if you wonder why, you know, Planned Parenthood is, you know, teamed up with, you know, the LGBT community, it's because in the very beginning when they were hatching this diabolical plot, it was already in there. And um, there's a woman, uh, Dr. Laverne Tolbert, who used to be back in the early 70s on the board of Planned Parenthood as a mm-hmm. black woman, who now has made it her mission to help educate people around the country of what they had planned then and what they are doing now. And so thank you for highlighting that, because there is a connection to all of this I mean, you know, if you go back to, you know, in the, you know, the early 60s with the breakdown of the family, it's kind of like progressives basically do the damage, and then they say, look at what's going on, and then they try to prescribe a solution, which is going to create even more problems. And that's part of their playbook, I feel, feel like, what they've done. And that's why Frederick Douglass often advocated for, you know, not uh, allowing the government, he says, you know, do nothing with us. Your doing with us has played the mischief of us. Mm. And I believe that the more that we can uh, focus on the help that we can provide for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, and through our churches, we'll be better served for the future of all of America. And and and, uh, and that's one of the differences. If you want to, if you would just talk about that, you know, like Douglas Leadership Institute, Frederick Douglass Foundation, and even uh, the organizations that we partner with, uh, building up leaders, different things. Um, in, in, in the difference, right, the, uh, between us and maybe some of the other organizations is, although we work politi- politically, that really foundationally we are talking about sharing the gospel and being in our community and strengthening individuals and families in order to then effectuate change in the, um, you know, in the public sphere. You know, like could you just touch on that a little bit? I, I try to be eloquent about it, but you do a better job. No, look, look, I think, I mean, for us, everything, I had a meeting yesterday with a, uh, uh, an Asian American leader, and he was saying to me, it's like everything that we're discussing the, the, to solve some of the challenges within our community emanate, really, he said, from, from the Bible, from the Word of God. I mean, whether we're talking about social policy or whether we're talking about uh, strengthening families or whether we're talking about economic opportunity, I mean, the foundations of it really can be found there. And so uh, I like to think of it this way. You have to first uh, have self-government. And I think that the scriptures teach that you should judge yourself before you judge others. Mm-hmm. You know, judge yourself and you won't be judged, the Apostle Paul said. So it's first self-evaluation. And if you have self-government, then you don't necessarily need um, heavy doses of 
uh, you know, federal government, if you are able to do for yourself and do for your family, uh, as long as you don't have other agents that are coming against you, and that's part of the issue right now, is that in many cases, we have government coming in competing with the church. Mm-hmm. We have government coming in competing with uh, private enterprise and with uh, with business. Mm-hmm. We have government that are laying heavily heavy regulations so that people in urban communities can't start their, you know, beauty shop or braid braid hair just because there's so many uh, challenges to, um, you know, getting a license and, uh, you know, being certified and those type of things. So it, oftentimes we, we need to uh, reevaluate the uh, scriptural principles of the foundations of self-government and what we do for ourselves. And I believe that those are keys to leading us to prosperity rather than to looking for someone from without to deliver us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the family, the government coming against the family. Go ahead, Dean, Peter. when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about the importance of membership and Christians. Uh, I also have two very important questions for you. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution gives states the power to call a convention of states to propose amendments to our U.S. Constitution. Please visit conventionofstates.com. That's conventionofstates.com for more information. This is the Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and our guest, Dean Nelson. We'll be right back in the WYSL stations. Just a little uncertainty can bring you down. Rock on Harley Davidson and Rock on Power Sports, West Henrietta Road. Shop the greatest selection of legendary Harleys and save big on a wide array of used bikes. And Rock on Power Sports has rides from Honda, Kawasaki, and Yamaha. Rock on has a helpful staff to save you big money. The Rock on Service Department has expert technicians and a great supply of parts to get and keep you on two wheels. WYSL listeners get $500 off used motorcycles while supplies last. Rock On has side-by-sides, ATVs, and jet boats, too. Anything that's fun and goes fast. On and off-road and on the water, shop the all-new Rock On first. Rock On Harley-Davidson and Rock On Motorsports, 2600 West Henrietta Road. Open Tuesday through Saturday. Call 424-2120. Visit rockonharleydavidson.com. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents are coming after small businesses and the middle class. We need your help putting the Internal Revenue Service out of business for good. We need to find candidates who will promise to work towards replacing the income tax with a fair tax. If you're willing to make phone calls and meet with candidates in person to secure their support for the fair tax, contact Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. Make a difference. Call today. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz on the WYSL stations. 
Welcome back, welcome back, bienvenidos at Next Step Show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, and today we have Bishop Dean Nelson. Dean, are you still there? Yes, sir, I him. am here. And I, I understand you're being called to be uh, recognized. Um, they've been kind of waiting on me, but I told them that New York was more important. Oh, <laughs> well, let's wrap up. That's why we love you. I'll tell you what, Dean, uh, how much time do you have? One question. Probably, I probably have like uh, two or three more minutes. Okay, so I'm going to ask you two questions, very important. First question is church and state. How does that apply? We're talking a lot about faith. People talk, you know, we're talking a lot about politics, but many will say them two don't jive. Why do they? Well, there is a good, uh, healthy understanding that there is a difference uh, between the institution of the state and the institution of the church, uh, the institution of the family. So there are different, as I would see from Scripture, different institutions. However, there's never been the separation that many people are talking about, which was first discussed, you know, you know, with Thomas Jefferson in a letter to a group of Baptists uh, in Danbury, Connecticut. Um, the wall of separation that came out of that idea was that the government could not, you know, go beyond its boundaries, according to our Constitution, uh, to the church. They had, they, there were, there were separation, the things that government could not dictate or do uh, to the church. It never meant or intended at all in any way that the uh, church or that Christians should not be involved in the affairs of government. It's quite the opposite. I mean, we wouldn't have America the way that America is. The black community would not be who she is in America without preachers and their involvement. If you look at the abolitionist movement or if you look at the civil rights movement, that was the church involved in uh, the affairs of civ civic you know, government. So um, the idea of separation of church and state, I think, has been way overly misunderstood. And I think that it's important for us as Christians to exercise our free right in these different arenas. Wonderful. Man, that's why I love talking to Dean. <laughs> because not only can he say it and say it so that we can understand it, he breaks it down and shows exactly um, why. And where do you can go look for it yourself? All right, so Dean, the big question that we have, right? Aisha referred to New York State as the step-headed red child, and that we are. We hear a lot from our grassroots volunteers that, what's the point? No one even pays attention to New York State. Big players nationally, they don't even look over here anymore. We're lost. Um, how is it that we can get, between elections, especially coming up to the 2024 elections, New York State in the map, and any advice that you can share with our volunteers to kind of help make that happen? If we can talk a little bit, include, you know, the importance of membership and more importantly, the importance of Christians to vote, because in high numbers, they don't in the state. Yeah, I think that it really begins in communities. And this is one of the things that I have seen in Virginia, um, you know, over the last year and a half is in communities as people in communities stand up 
communities all throughout, say, the state of New York, recognizing what's going on in their schools. I think that that is a mm-hmm. huge opportunity. And I would say that you guys did um, make people kind of like pay a little bit of attention in uh, a couple of your statewide races because things have gotten bad, even though there may have been losses. I think one of the key problems for us is is that when we lose, we go home. Rather than seeing, okay, what gains did we make? What things, how can we learn from right the losses? On. But so often, when when we, when we have defeats, we basically go home, throw up our hands, and it's like, well, I'm out. I believe that we need to have people in every one of these communities that are engaged. And as more leaders get engaged, just like you guys, at one point, Peter, you weren't involved. At one point, Aisha was involved. You guys can point to other people that were not involved until you guys help them to see how important these things are. At the national level, the Church of God in Christ did not have, two years ago, a sanctity of human life uh, resolution. But now they do, and now we take it to every one of their people within their denomination as best that we can and share it with other denominations, winsomely persuading people to our cause and to our positions because we know that those positions are right. I think the day that New York and people like you decide that you've had enough and you walk away, that's the day that we've lost. Until that day, we can still Come continue on. to win, and I'm so grateful that the infectious enthusiasm that you guys have, even with this show, I believe is going to inspire other people to inspire other people. Our cause may be long, but the reality is is that we are eternal people. We believe in this not because it's a good idea, it's fashionable, that we're going to make money. We believe in it because it's true. And I believe that as you guys continue to do what you're doing, we will see uh, New York no longer, I think the word is uh, redheaded stepchild, uh, that you got a little bit confused, Peter, instead of the... Uh, Step-redded head child, or something huh. like that. That's but what Peter <laughs> always does, Dean. That's, that's oh. my. They call it Peter language uh, in my circles. I apparently, it. I got it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here in the Next Step Show. We have Bishop Dean Nelson, Chairman of the Frederick Douglass Foundation and Executive Director, I believe, of the leader of the Douglass Leadership Institute. Yep, uh, Chairman of the Douglas Leadership Institute, but uh, Executive Director for Human, Human Coalition. Coalition Action, gotcha. where we love rescuing children and serving women. And we thank you for that. So, Dean, how, how do people get a hold of you and, and get involved in these great things that you're doing nationally? want to encourage people often to visit us at fdfnational.org where they can become a member, learn more about states that actually have chapters. You can visit us at dlinstitute.org or follow us on social media at uh, Douglas Leadership Institute Facebook or Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, we are doing a better job always of trying to engage and equip people, and we have every month uh, what we refer to as a leader's live call where you get the opportunity to join with other people from around the country and hear from great uh, leaders, conservative leaders like uh, the great Bob Woodson. Uh, we've had people like Alveda King. We've had people like um, Bishop Vincent Matthews and others, but uh, those are some of the places that they can go to learn more about the work that we do. Oh, super great stuff. That's DLI or DLinstitute.org. And and FDFnational.org. Dean, thank you you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved. Dean, thank you. And by all means, congratulations on the award you're receiving today. I know that it's well deserved. And thank you. Hey, man, thank you so much. We're receiving it on behalf of our organization. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have you back in like another six weeks to give updates. I think he should be a Love regular. To be back. 
Bless you both. Thank you. Man, what a great show. Dean Nelson. Thank yeah. you, Dean Nelson, for, for joining us today. That guy is about as busy as they come, and he took time for us. I know. He took time for our listeners. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, that's what I mean by great candidates. I know. He told them to great, hold. great hosts. He told him to hold on his award. I know. <laughs> There's like hundreds of pastors there. I feel so bad. Not just pastors. Bishops. This bishops. is a nationwide recognition, yeah, I, I yeah. believe. Do you know that locally the conservative party endorsed a working families party individual? What's that about? Well, I think we could. Well, okay. So, 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 so their their reasoning was that he is a retired cop of about twenty five years. But working and he's parties, black. right? But working parties family endorsed him, who is defund the police so. by their own words. I mean, like you go to their Twitter and it says defund the. Pol-. I'm curious. Right. I mean, put yourself in the shoe of a candidate who's running for a very important seat. Well, he was appointed and, and by Hochul, touting, too. Huh? He was appointed by Hochul, too. And and he was appointed by Hochul. Where does that jive with the... Cons- what are, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm missing it. What are conservative values? Well, I... You know, what I was telling people, and, I, and I'm going to default to this as well, because I'm not a registered conservative, but I suggest people go to the conservative party website... I was sharing it and I want them to read it for themselves because in some cases like this, right? I mean, I can have all the speculation in the world and I believe that I'm right, but I think that leaving it out to conservatives who are actual registered conservatives to go and address this issue with their party, um, I think oh, they have to. Right. I think that it's up to. So th- those who are not go read the conservative website, because, again, it's different between being conservative and what they say their values are. Right. Like a lot of times we get beat up as Republicans because they're like, oh, why are you going against the Republican Party? And I'm like, because we have a platform. And when you read the platform and some of the uh, stuff doesn't mesh, and I don't mean like you have to agree with people 100% of the time, right? You show me someone I agree with 100% of the time, I will show you a liar. Absolutely. Okay? I don't even agree with myself 100% of the time. So – Go to the website, and I think that they should go and figure that out for themselves. Absolutely. And do so, I know at least 20 people have decided that they're going to walk away from the conservative party as a result of this. And, and you know, the thing is, read it and ask the questions. Right. Because if, if we're playing race within our, our conservative party, if we're ignoring our own, I don't care how qualified. You can't be a qualified candidate to receive an endorsement when you don't match our values. Right. Anyways, Bob, I think it's time for... Now, Free Soup with Aisha Kreutz. Proverbs 29 says, or 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked uh, beareth rule, the people mourn. I think we can see that a lot. So, Christians, you get involved. We have to make sure that we're the ones that are helping to rule. This election has gone down the tubes uh, nationally for Republicans. It's time to consider what element of the party infects the Republican body as a whole. It's the three mix, as I like to call them. The RNC head, the Romney McDaniel, uh, she accomplished nothing with a message of nothing. Mitch McConnell blew through money in Alaska to get a baby-killing environmentalist wacko elected over a true conservative. We are abandoning any true conservative candidates to only help those who might make Mitch McConnell a leader. He'd rather be the minority leader than getting Republicans into the majority. It's no wonder 
we are in the state that we are in right now. It is absolutely no wonder why we're in the state that we are right now. But it is a wonder. Why is it that as a voting block, we continue to vote the same people over and over and over again? Now, we didn't get a chance to get into election integrity this show. Um, and in future shows, we will. But mm-hmm. it's, in, it's insanity to see that kind of systemic fraud. Mm-hmm. But yet, so many leaders from all parties either perpetuating, not getting involved, or just saying we don't have the time to look at that. That's right. And it's us, we the people, that will hold them accountable. As Dean Nelson, the Honorable Dean Nelson just said, it's time for self-reflection right now. Take your rest, people. Rest yourselves up. And we're going to regroup and we're going to re-strategize. And we will go and put on our battle gear, put on the full armor of God. We will get out there and we will take back our communities. We will take back our state and we will take back our nation. And ladies and gentlemen, you can do that also by looking at Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution that gives states the power to call a convention of states for the purpose of amending our U.S. Constitution. That's conventionofstates.com, conventionofstates.com. You're listening to The Next Step Show with Peter and Aisha. Until next week. Desierto, 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 desierto,